0: Welcome everybody to Jeff vs. the World. This is your boy Jeff and this is episode number 9. This week's episode. Well, this will be a new series. Uh we are be going we are going through the episode, we're going through the movies of Fast and Furious, all of them until we get to Hobbs and Shaw. And with me on this ride will be Shahid and I will let him introduce himself and tell you everything that it is that he does.
1: Hey, what's going on? This is Shahid. I've, it's my second time appearing on this show. As far as what I do, I sell legal drugs for a living for the United States government.
0: Uh, you got to talk about uh, you know, your, your show. Plug your show.
1: Oh. oh, I also, in my spare time, do a little podcast with Stunt Granny on We Watch Stuff with my friend Jeremy Mays where we talk about Stuff we watch, whether it's movies, TVs, and things like that. And he is a part-time bully that bakes.
0: Oh, my God. Here we go. That's, <laughs> that last part is slander. <laughs> All right. So this will be the reality and truth about Dominic Toretto. And we are going with Fast and Furious number one right now. I'm just going to talk about where I was when this movie Uh, first came out because I didn't want to see it so I saw this one years later I never saw it when it first came out Um, because once I I saw the preview I was like oh this is something I wouldn't watch so I just didn't watch it and until I found out The Rock was going to be doing the fifth one I said hey maybe I should go back and watch these movies so I, I got onto it late uh, where where were you around this time
1: and did you see it when it originally uh, came Okay out? so I didn't see it in the theaters but I think I saw it on like cable like either like HBO or something like that Um, which is kind of weird because it's kind of like it's a movie where I remember but I don't remember when I saw it but I just remember seeing it. I remember people talking about it because it was like just different you know like a people just say it's like point break with cars or like ethnic point break or something like that. So it was definitely something talked about, heard about it. And I was kind of like, you know, I saw the first one. I liked like I liked it. I didn't necessarily love it. This, you know, the second one, I actually didn't see the second one from beginning to end till like maybe 2 years ago which is funny. You know, Tokyo Drift I heard about, and I just heard how bad it was. It was like, Fast and Furious was a series that I kind of knew about, but I really didn't start like watching, watching. So the the fourth one was the first one I saw in the movie theater. And then from the fourth one on, I kind of been hooked. So even before The Rock came, I I was like kind of like into it. But by the time Fast Five came, that's when like I think everybody started being into it.
0: Okay. So we have Paul Walker. Around this time, this was 2001, so if you saw the movies like uh, Skulls and Varsity Blues and She's All That, you, you know who Paul Walker is. I think that was... that was Those are the movies that his claim to fame. Uh, let's see. Vin Diesel around that time. Let's see who his filmography is. That's one thing I didn't do. He was... Saving Private Ryan, Strays, uh, The Iron Giant, Boiler Room, and Pitch Black was pretty much his movie where everybody, I guess, knew him from was, you know, Pitch Black.
1: Yeah, like, Saving Private Ryan was, like, kind of like his break, because Steven Spielberg saw, like, a short that he did, and then, you know, Iron Giant. Of course because his voice definitely stands out and i know it wasn't a movie that made a lot of money but it was a movie that definitely like was critically acclaimed because you know and then i was always wondering like if pitch black came out before fast and furious or after fast and furious because it seems like pitch black then fast and furious came and then vin diesel's like a star like this ethnic guy where you have no idea what he is you know, he's mixed with something. He was always coy with it. And it may be surprising to hear it now, but I remember Finn Diesel was like Mr. Sex Symbol for like a while. And they like, this movie was kind of like where it started. Yep.
0: And last but not least, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Girl Fight. And there we are. I mean, those are three main. Uh, but the question, and let's start off, just starting off the movie. And this is me seeing everything now, and just going back. Mm -hmm. What was the relationship of Dominic and Letty? Because initially, just like they were just down to down to have sex. That that's what it seemed like. The relationship was off.
1: Okay, it's funny talking about not only relationship but Dominic Toretto now, because it's like the character you see now. Is not really close to the character that was in Fast and Furious, which is just funny because, you know, people talk about him now. It's like family and loyalty and everything like that. And this one is like not really like he's kind of like a selfish asshole. Like it's kind of like they casually dating or she likes him a lot more than he likes her. He definitely listens to her because, you know. You see him flirting with girls and everything like that, and then soon she comes up. The girls move. He complains about it, but it's not like he's saying he ain't talking back to her like that. Like so, I kind of feel like it's one of those. I know my man is loose if I don't keep my eye on him, but that's still my man <laughs> type thing. And it's funny because if you think about that, characters like Letty and Dom, if it was like a real tight relationship, you think she'd be stabbing folks. Exactly.
0: I I just saw too many instances because it seemed like they were kind of like, you know, hit and miss. Not didn't want to hear what she was saying. Then the guy uh, it wasn't Jesse. The other guy, he he was like, where the girls are? And he pointed and then Letty was like, no, won't you come upstairs and give me a massage? And I'm like, "Okay, what's going on here? Because now, like you say, it's a whole different Dominic than what it's here because truthfully speaking this is the origin of a, of a, a supervillain
1: mm-hmm.
0: it is and I I couldn't believe it when I was seeing it because I'm like let's, uh, let's, I, t- da, I told da. you <laughs> when well, he took Brian to show him his dad's car and let me make sure I get the words right what he exactly said to him because I was blown uh, he said I live my life a quarter of a mile at a time nothing else matters not the mortgage not the store. Not my team or all their bullshit. But those 10 seconds or less, I'm free. If that isn't a supervillain, I don't know what is. All he cares about is himself in those 10 seconds. Not family. Not his team. Nothing like that. And I'm just like, why is Paul Walker feeling so gravitated towards him right now? Why is that character like so... Okay, yeah, you know, I see what you're saying because at the end, you know, we know what happened where he lets him go, and but I'm just like, how, what makes him connect with him so much? I
1: couldn't. Get I that. think it's more. I think it's this whole. It's the same thing with Point Break. It's like this freedom, like you know, living your life by your rules, doing what you want to do because it's like you know, Brian Because it's funny, you look at you know Brian. It's like this guy's a cop. Like, you know, you never get that vibe. Like, you know, he's really a police officer. Like, he just seemed like some guy that would, like, be a street racer or anything like that, so it works for him on the cover point of view. But him actually being, like, having, like, authority is, like, it never really kind of vibe. So I could see that whole thing because it's kind of like, you know, Dom's living the life that Brian wants. And, of course, you know, Brian likes his sister. My question when it comes in is – well, two parts because it's related to Dominic Spreader. One, if you, when you see him and Mia, could you think they're related? No. And two, what are their ethnicities supposed to be in the movie? I have no idea. As I always assume Itali- I assume Italian, but they don't really um, like spell it out. You hear him talk about his dad. You never hear him talk about his mom. And it's like, that's that's kind of like related to the whole, you know, we jumping around For That's when the movie stood out. It's kind of like, you saw this very diverse movie that didn't hit you over the head with diversity. It was just there. And you just had everything. Like, you had different races just doing the same thing with the same stuff. And it didn't feel like pandering. It didn't feel like, you know, it's a Saturday afternoon special. It just felt normal. And... Even now, it doesn't feel you don't get a lot of movies like that. Back then, you especially didn't get movies like that. And Fast and Furious is like the main series that's done that the most and has gotten credit for it. But I always looked at this like, what is Dominic Toretto? Like, you know, like, what is he? And I definitely picked up what you said, the whole thing. Like, he doesn't care about his team. Yeah, I'm like, he's he's the villain of the movie. Yes. And... When I've told people that they looked at me funny, like, oh, isn't it Johnny Tran? I'm like, no, he, he's a secondary thing. I'm like, Brian's whole thing was, I'm chasing these guys that's stealing Xbox One's and HD <laughs> DVD players and like copies of Halo and like robbing truck drivers. And you see the first job is like, they could have killed that truck driver if they weren't careful. Like this isn't some guy like you know I'm white collar crime I'm scamming folks it's like I'm robbing truck drivers I'm preventing them from doing their jobs and putting their lives in danger like these are not necessarily like good guys.
0: Well, the one good thing was the initial opening of the movie was they made you feel like it was Johnny Charen and his game that was doing it. The, the, open, the open was great because I was like okay, but as you you know as the movie keeps going and I guess after seeing it you know for the third and fourth time there's like. Okay, yeah, I see how this plays. I, like you see more how it's a telltale sign who it is. And I just thought that initially, like me rewatching it a couple of days ago, I was like, "Oh wow, they did this really well." When I just watched it again, so I was just like, no. It, you you see the holes and you see what the guy. Uh, I think the guy uh, who's Tanner. I think that's the guy who bring, who's uh, Brian's uh, sergeant, or One lieutenant. Of- the white the, guy, the black. No, the white guy. The white guy, guy the, the, the white guy, the black guy. The white, the white guy with the white guy with the glasses. I think it's, I think it's supposed name supposed to be Tanner or something like that. I'm not sure, but anyway, he was telling him, you know, it's Dominic, but you know, he didn't want to see it or whatever, whatever. But I thought that played out well for somebody who might initially watch it for the first time. It plays out well, but once you see it a couple of times, it's like no,
1: you see who it is. Yeah, but it's kind of like it's different when you see a movie the first time. You just, you know, have a surprise and it's diff- like, you know, some movies is like, you know, usual suspect, you No, know, no time will match the first time. Cause like, once you know the surprise, you just watch the movie different. It's like, maybe you wonder if they drop hints or something like that. And this one is kind of like, you know, your reason you want to think about it because you want to root for these guys, even though you shouldn't. Cause like, they're cool. You know, you know, Dominic's cool. Letty's cool, cool in a way that you normally didn't see in movies. Because normally this group would have been like a bunch of, you know, all white. And then now you see like ethnic cool people and they were like the cool ones. Because like the other guys, it's like, you know, you haven't seen Leon since. <laughs>
0: you know,
1: like they've never talked about anything like that. You know, we saw what happened with Jesse, R.I.P. And the funny thing is Vince knew from Jump Street it, that something yes. was wrong with Brian. And nobody listened to him because they thought he was just cop blocking this. He just did that because he wanted his sister. Like he knew because it's like this guy's coming here eating these nasty ass sandwiches every day, asking these weird questions. Like, something's off about, like, why is he here? Like, he's a cop. And they're like, no. And I'm like, no, no, not a cop. (laughs) No, we're going to give him a chance and everything. And yeah, it's like, listen to your friend.
0: Vincent was the smartest man from jump. There's no way, okay, like you said, the, the the tuna sandwiches. And even when um Brian had broken to the um uh was it the Mexican? The chop shop. Yeah, the chop shop. Yeah. He broke in there and you know,
1: he's like, he's a cop. I'm telling you, he's a cop. Oh, take a ride with me.
0: What? He's telling no. you he's
1: a cop. Yeah, I just I just broke in here to see what the competition is doing because I want us to win. Word <laughs> like, you you that much of a, like, overachiever? Like, you just want to get brownie points like that? Like, no. This is some cop stuff.
0: And e- and, and you know, it's even his ex- explanation, uh, uh, you told me I owed you a 10-second car, or so... And I'm just like, do you hear how he's explaining this to you? I was like, oh, wow, Dominic. Oh, really? Okay.
1: Like, he's either a cop or he's a moron. Which, neither one you want in your circle. Well... So.
0: I get to, I, I know one thing. Like I said, Vincent was the, he He was the smartest person in the movie and, and he would have listened to him. None of this would have happened. Nothing.
1: Yeah, well, that's why you had a movie because, you know, <laughs> but no, you know, you have that dynamic. And then you introduce, you know, it's first time you see a street race and, you know, you see the nod like that. And then you realize how dated the movie is when you see Ja Rule. and i remember people and i remember people was excited to see ja rule because ja rule was a big deal when this movie came out
0: and you know the funny thing of me i i literally went back and i had to figure this out this wasn't even peak ja rule this was like going to the peak like Mm because i think he was in between his first and second album i think pain is pain is love was about to come out i think that was his last like hurrah so I'm just like, wow, he was really big. And you know, if he would have played it, played it a lot different.
1: <laughs> well, here's the thing about that. He was supposed to be. He was supposed to have a bigger role. Like he was supposed to be being too fast, too furious. He wanted more money because, like you said, between Fast and Furious and this one, Jaru became like, I'm Jaru. I'm doing songs with Jennifer Lopez and the Shanti Now, I'm not just singing hooks on Jay-Z songs like I'm a I'm a superstar. And they, I guess they did offer him enough. So Ludacris got the chance. <laughs> and now you see where Ludacris is and you see where Ja Rule is. And it's like, it's because of basically, I don't want to say just one decision, but that was a big decision. So it's it's funny how that came out because I remember reading stories about that because I'm like, you know, why didn't he come back? Because he w- he did some other stuff because he was in, um, what's the movie? Half Past Dead. Yeah, with Steven, yeah. With Steven Seagal. Yeah, like the last time Steven Seagal was like doing like a movie that actually came out of movie theaters. So it wasn't like Ja Rule stopped acting, but it's like one of those whole things, you know, some sometimes, you know, quick money ain't good money. Yeah,
0: because we saw see how that played out. But the, the part in the movie that he is is very interesting. And it all goes back to Monica now. <laughs> so let's set the scene. Uh, Brian is about to do the first street race against Dominic, um, and Ja Rule is there. So they line up. Of course, Brian goes past the line, the line they make because he's nervous. And a girl named Monica walks up to Ja Rule's car, and she says, "Uh, whether you win or lose, this is yours." She has it. She has his hand on her breast. But if you win. You get her, too. And there's another girl over there. Needless to say, Ja Ja-ru, Jaru loses. And he comes out his car and say, hey, Monica. And she was basically like, fuck you. You didn't win. And I'm sitting there like, wait a minute. But you just told him what happened.
1: Don't trust people. Don't trust women named Monica. Oh, man. Come on. Baby. And the moral story is like, you know, that whole If someone says that whole, you know, you're going to have me if you win, you're going to have a threesome, you better win. (laughs) I know what she said, talking about, you know, what about the original deal? It's like, nah. That was spurred the moment because it's kind of like I'm going to give this up to a loser. (laughs) And you don't see, and it's funny, if people who don't remember that m- movie like a lot they remember that part just because you know him screaming monica no <laughs> he, he realized that he, you know his menage is about to go out the window so like you have that part and then you have the speech where brian tomorrow almost had you and then dominic's like you know you, you didn't have me you didn't have your car ask any driver any real driver it doesn't matter if you went by an inch or a mile when it's winning and you know how I know that stands out? Because I remember that speech and I didn't have to look it up.
0: You know the amazing thing about that uh, whole scene? My my favorite part, my funniest part to me was Brian uh, about to hit the second Nas. And the computer's like telling him like, yo, stop or you're going to kill yourself. He tells the computer, shut up, slams it, <laughs> hits the second Nas. And I'm just like, wait a minute. What's going on? Yeah, I just found that funny. Him screaming at
1: the computer, shut up. I yeah. was like, wow. And the, way they, and the way they treat Niles like it's a magic mushroom from Super Mario Brothers. And and just the whole, you know, the CGI where you see the exhaust and how the different machinations the engine and stuff like that. And it's it's funny and cute seeing it now, because you see how ridiculous it is. But I'm sure back then it's kind of like if you weren't in the cars, like, oh, maybe that's how it works. I don't I don't know about street racing. Street racers probably saw it and like rolled their eyes like you know, like a doctor seeing somebody use a turkey syringe for an IV shot. But it's like, if you don't know, you don't know. And a lot of times we get our education from stuff like that. And this was like the first time we got our viewing of something like this.
0: And really, it just came down to who uses the Nas at the right time. That's mm-hmm. all it really
1: came down to. Yeah. And Brian kept, all, Brian always uses it the wrong time. And like nearly every movie is come down to that. Like he used it too early. To the point where it's like it's almost a running joke. I, I
0: was really just amazed about that. I said, "Oh, so you just gotta wait it out and just use it at the right time." It's been just look at um Jesse, and you know let's let's talk about Jesse. I I I liked how they showed that somebody with um eighty it was yeah ADD. Mm-hmm. He could still he said he was good at math and you know he had works with cars and stuff like that. I think I liked the way they kind of weave that into the story but my problem with jesse was for
1: out the blue he wanted to race at race wars it wasn't out the blue it, it was set up where no it was kind of set up he wanted to do it to get a car for his dad because his he, dad's gonna be getting out of jail soon and that was gonna be his gift to his dad
0: yeah i got that but what i'm saying was he never was he was more of the mechanic you know What i'm saying mechanic guy mm-hmm. who like Built the machines, you know, fixed the cars, not really the racer. I just felt like, oh, okay, he's going to race now. All right, I'm with it. Like I just went with the ride. It was fine. But now just thinking about it, like, wait a minute, you don't do this, do this. You just want to do this now.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of like I'm, I'm ready to, you know, get off the bench. I know all this stuff. I know all about cars. I can definitely do it. I guess so, was. and it's, and it's funny how, you know, the way they use this ADHD to describe like Jesse's almost like a borderline genius. Why he's messing around with these yahoos. And it's like, that's a good description. Like, you know, like I know the stuff I just can't do it in school. And it's a lot of people like that where if they were in a different scenario for stuff that was treated, they'd probably be CEOs. <laughs> and it's just a shame Jesse's messing around with these lunkheads, and you already knew it was going to end up bad. Like, you know, shows up with he's racing johnny tran and speaking of my man johnny tran rick Yoon, who got a bad rap being a villain like how is he how is he the villain in this movie honestly his
0: i, I don't know i i i i mean when i watched it again last night i was like wait a minute how what's happening why why did he why is he considered a villain
1: because, you know, they first, you know, they first shows up, you know, it's like, okay, he shoots up Donald Carr. It's like, well, he was in the territory he wasn't supposed to be, according to a deal they made. And then you find out Dominic was dating his sister or something like that. Yeah. Broke yeah. up. I'm like, okay, so you think about, like, you know, culturally and just family. That's probably like, sorry. I have two reasons to hate your guts anyway. And, you know, that happens. And then... He gets accused, you know, like his crime, like Dominic's crimes get accused of Don Johnny Tram doing it. So he gets embarrassed in front of his family, which is also a big deal. And then, you know, he beats Jesse in a race and then Jesse runs instead of giving the car. So it's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, Jesse, you was justified getting shot.
0: (laughs) Well, and (laughs) and on top of that, he uh, Dominic had just beat him up. So he was just like, you know what? Forget this truce. Forget all that stuff. I'm getting, so, the, I'm gonna get you and Jesse.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, we supported like basically the only reason Johnny Tran is the villain because we don't want Dominic to be the villain, even though he's getting blamed for everything Dominic's doing. And Brian knows Brian and Brian lets that happen. It's like, oh, we're going to go on Johnny Tran. He know it ain't Johnny Tran. He just going along with it because he don't like Johnny Tran because Dominic don't like Johnny Tran. So it's like, well, if I don't like you, my homie now. So if you don't like him, I don't like him.
0: Brian just wanted to – he wanted to be on the team. Um, <laughs> uh, I got to talk about this part because it's hilarious and it's sad, and I'm just trying to figure out where they were going with this. So after the first race they have, um, I guess they staged this arrest that Brian uh, – who was he going with? What was his – Brian Earl Spillner? Spillner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gets arrested. Uh, but he gets taken taken back to the base, I guess, home base for the uh, cops and stuff. And, you know, they are talking or whatever stuff like what's going down and trying to get all the information they can. So uh, the black guy, which I forget his name, but the captain, I guess, who's supposed to be heading over this whole thing, gets it to over with Brian and Tanner says, hey, let's take it to the back. So. He looks back and said, hey, Muse, Muse, why don't you make us four iced cappuccinos, please? Muse asks, calf or decaf? Tanner goes, decaf, I think. And the next scene you see, are these four motherfuckers really sitting around drinking cappuccino. <laughs> and I was waiting. I thought it was going to be a bit. I thought the gals was going to say, oh, I'm not making no cappuccinos.
1: What was that? Can you explain to me what was that supposed to be? That's supposed to be making fun of 2001 California culture. Because that's the only reason why that scene makes sense whatsoever. Because you got these grizzled cops <laughs> and agents that's <they're laughs> sipping on some cappuccino. Like, yeah. that's. I mean, I, I'm assuming they played as a joke, but that movie is like funny like that. Where it's like, you know, they're almost taking the piss out of normal things you'd be tough at. Like, you know, the scene where they're racing. Oh, the producer, like the guy to say, you know, this. Oh, I'm a, you know, this is a Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was um, like, you know, one of the producers of the movies, and they do that race. There's kind of like, you know, make fun of rich assholes because you see the Ferrari, and then you see these Subaru. Like, it's funny. After I saw this movie, I started noticing a lot of times when you see like, you know, a Nissan Sentra, a Honda Civic. And now you can, you know, they have like the racing fin on there. It's like, it's people get those cars and they put $200,000 worth of equipment and a $25,000 car. Just the race. It was racing for money and racing for pride. And you wouldn't think about doing stuff like that. You know, you never thought about that. Like for us, it's kind of like, you know, people might get a cutler Supreme, throw some rims on it. They'd rather do something like that than get like a Mercedes, depending on like, like the, you know, depending on, the geographical culture you're living at, and I guess for California, it's the same thing. Like, you know, they could have probably got a Ferrari if they wanted. They didn't want that. They rather kid out like a Sentra or like an Elantra. Wow. Well.
0: well, how about you know something else? This was two thousand and one about this movie where, um, I guess after the first racing, when the cops, you know, they're, they're coming and break up the race, the little race they having. And Brian uh, picks up Dominic and takes him back to the house. They're in the car talking, and basically Dominic is asking Brian all about his, you know, you know have you ever been locked up for this? Have you ever done this? And Brian's lying, of course. <laughs> and Dominic hits him with, uh, I had Jesse run a profile on you, uh, Brian Earl Spilner. He, <laughs> he'll find anything on the web, anything about anybody. And it's like, and I was sitting there, I was like, well, yeah, of course, 2019. But 2001, thousand and one—that's a
1: big deal. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's like magic. It's almost like what's this, The Matrix? You can find out what I did 10, 15 years ago. It was like, yeah, these movies definitely date technology because you think about stuff that's just natural now was like was definitely not natural then. I didn't even have a cell phone until like maybe two thousand what two two thousand one two thousand two around that time so and then i remember the first time i got one and i was able to like check sports scores like the weather on my phone and this is a flip phone i'm like what type of jetson shit is this <laughs> so yeah it's it's definitely a time capsule comes there you know they go back to the house and then i love Don get pissed off because vince is like you know how are you with this one he's like you know because y'all ran to the fort like he the only one that came he you know he, he kept me out of the bracelets y'all bounced like he was a big deal. Like you know, y'all we supposed to be homies, and y'all just ran and got coronas and messed with women. Yeah,
0: and, I kinda, and I think that
1: kind of, and I think that kind of leads more toward the why Dom was like, you know, I just care about the you know, one quarter mile at a time stuff. Cause like, yeah, this is my team. I look out for them. but it ain't like, it's like tight. But it seemed like beside like Jesse and Mia, they ain't like super super tight. Even though him and Vince grew up together. It's like it never got. It never really got that feel until like near the end when they have the the robbery and Vince gets shot. Where it's like Dominic actually cares.
0: Yeah, most of. But you know, what really made me mad was that when he came in the house, Vincent was really doing Jimi Hendrix solos, and I was just like, "What is happening right now?" <laughs> he was doing like some Jimi Hendrix riff, or you know, somewhat of it. I was like, "Oh, this what this is all about? Are you really not looking out for your man's and stuff like this?" okay, yeah, he got a right to be pissed.
1: Yeah, that's how, you know, that's they do set that up there. And, you know, then you start seeing why Mia would, like, date this Lunkhead Brian because, like, he's a different type of guy than who she would normally be around because, like, she ain't going to date Vince. Oh. <laughs> she ain't going to date, date ass Aslan. So she probably used to like being around, like, you know, street drivers and anything like that. And Mia never really felt like she fit in that crowd. Like, she felt like, you know, I go to private school. I have a daisy in my head. You know, I got to do with my brother and stuff like that. Like you wouldn't even think her and Letty would be in like the same room if Don wasn't like the, you know, common denominator between them. So it's like, you know, Brian, blonde hair with the tip, you know, almost frosted tips. He's in (laughs) shape, you know, like Paul Walker was definitely attractive, man. So you could definitely see that attraction after a while, even though Brian was kind of goofy because like different. So, and of course, that leads to him breaking her heart when they find out, like, you know, I'm a cop. I'm just here for your brother. So she feels used and betrayed as she should. And, of course, Don feels even worse because it's like he should just listen to Vince. Oh, yeah.
0: Because, like, again, all of this <laughs> and where we at now start goes back to this. And, you know, another thing is that she kept t- she kept telling Brian, my brother ain't shit. She mm-hmm. pretty much kept telling him that, like, you know, he owns you now. And he was like, just I think he was listening, but he wasn't really understanding.
1: Yeah, I think it was more like he was just like everyone kind of saw, like, you know, you're in too deep. You're liking this guy more than you should, even though you know why we're investigating him. It's like, yeah, but maybe still like justifying something because that's your homie. Even though it's like, how much friends are you? And even it's like, you know. When Brian is like, he kind of knows Dom is on something because he's like, you know, I know you're making too much money. Like, you know, you got too much product to be just getting this from like, you know, running like a chop shop. I want to be in with the real money. You don't say something like that unless you know somebody hustling. And you don't make those assumptions. You don't make an assumption that someone's hustling unless you know, because if you guess wrong, they're going to be disrespected. They're going to shoot you. So. It should have been some warning signs, like you know, like Don probably think, okay, this guy wants to make some money, and he did, you know, he did some time, so he's cool. But Brian should have been like, okay, what you, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to like arrest this guy? Y'all trying to be buddies? And it was always like he was kind of straddling the fence. And it only, the only reason it came out is because you know, the same vents.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because if it if that didn't happen I'm not sure well well Mia knew yeah Mia knew so it matters if she would have said anything or not
1: yeah and I don't... the only reason Mia knew is because like you know he had to stop him from doing this because they were saying like you know these drivers are gonna start arming themselves they tired of getting robbed they're gonna start fighting back and soon enough they start fighting back and it's funny seeing how much they struggle in this movie considering like you see Fast and Furious movies now and they're jumping off tanks <laughs> and like you know they and they're beating up like black ops operatives like with their bare hands like I could throw hands with Tony John it's no problem and like this one you know Domden doesn't save Vince no he tries he does not save like you know Brian does and it's just funny like seeing like how vulnerable Dominic Toretto is because it's like that's one of the few times you saw Ben Diesel be vulnerable. And it's the only time in the Fast and Furious movies where you see him, like, be vulnerable. Like, okay, this is, this isn't Superman. This is like a, you know, a qualified human being that still has flaws. And it's just weird seeing that in this movie compared to, like, how they have him now because now it's almost like he's Iron Man.
0: Well, he has to be Iron Man. He's about to go against the Black Superman. Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? I'm not him. I got a. I got some of the suspicion of what might happen, but anyway, how would this movie have played out differently? Or how do you feel if it was a different uh, Brian O'Connor? Because we had a lot of choices. I see we had Mark
1: Wahlberg, which I would. I really I think I really would. No, 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 no. <laughs> Christian Bale and Eminem. Eminem definitely no, because he doesn't have the acting range for that. He's been too sullen. Because it's been like. You could have played where maybe Dominic would have liked someone like Eminem. There's no way you're thinking like Eminem and Jordan or Bruce would have any chemistry whatsoever. Like, she ain't, no. She ain't looking at, she ain't giving him more than two-second look. Like, that That fit would not be there. Christian Bale's a funny one. Because acting chops, he definitely could. And it's funny, like, I don't know. Because it takes like a level of wholesomeness.
0: Mm-hmm
1: that Christian Bale doesn't have just because his, it's not like Christian Bale couldn't act the way. I think his bone structure and his face would have thrown it off. Because even when Christian Bale plays heroes, he doesn't play like naive. You know, yeah. he doesn't play like wholesome. He plays like steady and still and like steadfast. And that's different. I think the dynamics would have and also acting like he'd have blew them all off the water too. So yeah, they. was <laughs> That also would have been like no offense, like no, because Vin Diesel's fine as an actor. Uh, Brian Walk, um, you know, Paul Walker got better as he got older, but like back then, it's more like I'm, I'm the white version of Keanu Reeves, is how Paul Walker used to be portrayed. So, no, the vibe would have been, it'd have been weird. Just like you know, if instead of Vin Diesel, Timothy Olyphant, is Dominic Toretto, the movie don't work, at all. No. Yeah, it's just the
0: well, I want to say Mark Wahlberg, if it was uh maybe fear, fear of Mark Wahlberg, maybe, around that time when he was coming up.
1: But after that, no. May I mean it's it's funny separating Mark Wahlberg then to how we look at Mark Wahlberg now, because he has range. But he always just seemed like he's just too s- s- rough. Yeah, and I don't think you play Brian O'Connor is rough. Oh, okay, Mar Um, Boogie Nights. If he, if
0: I think, I think if he was around that time, because it's the characters aren't similar, but that naiveness was there in Boogie Nights.
1: Yeah, but then it was like naivety, but it was like a level of arrogance. Well that
0: was cause he was stupid. He he was just saying. Yeah.
1: But that I mean, and that's the whole thing, like Mark Warburg, even when he's playing innocent, there's always a level like underneath like arrogance due to I feel like I'm super super competent in something that gives me a level of arrogance. It's just like comes off on him. Even when he plays doofuses, it's just always there. So and I don't think you can play Brian O'Connor with that like that's why it works like you know you see Brian O'Connor's like okay this guy races cars he likes Mia he likes Dom but it's nothing that like really stands out like special about him beside him being like earnest and it's hard playing earnest and not have it come off cloying so I mean it's a, it's a reason why the movie worked, it worked the way it worked and it's because of casting Yeah. and
0: now I, you know Nana, that I was talking about the um Dominic and Letty thing. This is something interesting I found out just now. Ben Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez were dating off screen during filming. Mm-hmm. So now some of those scenes may make a little more sense. They might
1: have had a bad day. <laughs> yeah, I remember tabloids they talked about that. And you can see them being together, like Yeah, you can. It's a funny thing, it's like, you know, they two attractive people, they're together for an extended period of time and like they fit. Like, you need somebody like her to date somebody like him, and it, it'd be believable. Because it seems like if he's going to listen to any woman that's not his sister, it would be Letty. So it's just weird because it's kind of like he's like, like real flirt, like, you know, like when we together, we together, when we not, we not type thing. And she's like, nah, I don't, I don't play that. Yeah. Uh,
0: I see here that every. Time a Fast and the Furious movie came out, an X Men movie came out. <laughs> that I did not know. Yeah. And I think it stopped. But least, uh,
1: well, it's going it's to stop soon because, you know, <laughs> we're only getting one more X Men movie for the foreseeable future that this that's this um, weekend. And then our next Fast and Furious movie is in August. But. No, it's just funny seeing how this movie became a franchise. Because if you watched it, you wouldn't think, you know, you think it'd just be like a one and done thing.
0: It it's amazing because I don't, um, I don't have the numbers, but I know it spent like thirty eight million to make, and worldwide it made over two hundred million. Mm-hmm. So we knew well it's gonna have a sequel. <laughs> it was like you can't have a sequel; you made too much money, and I guess it just, I guess I was. Not, you know, just didn't realize how
1: big the movie was. Oh, it was big. It was, I remember, that's the whole thing. It's one of those movies where I don't remember when I saw it, If I remember it. no one. I remember the movie because it's like something that everybody kind of talked about. And that was like, oh, Vin Diesel, he's the next big. Because st- think about it, the movie was set up to be a Paul Walker thing. Like this is going to be big Paul Walker superstar. And instead it made Vin Diesel one.
0: Yeah, and and not to mention that he left and came back.
1: Yeah, like he left because he's like, you know, I want to do my own thing. Like him and Rob Cohen left. It's like so they went to do Triple X, which was like, which made money, but it was kind of like you know, it was probably like the anti James Bond thing. But that's that's a story for another day. Like you know, he left and then came back, and it was kind of like you know, comeback and do this cameo in Tokyo Drift, and we'll give you, like, you know, rights or percentages. And end up working, because, yeah, look at them. Like, look at them now. So, it's just funny. But it's funny, like, looking at that and then seeing, like, how the characters change, because I think we kind of, like, delve into that since we, like... You see... I think the biggest change is... Well, it's a lot of big changes. Like, you see how Dominic Toretto in the first one. Mm-hmm. Like, family's not... Like, he, you know, he cares about Jesse because he's this whole line, like, you know, I'm the only thing Jesse has. So he also cares about him. You know, him and Vince grew up together. He cares about Mia. He's dating Letty. But it's not this override, like, you know, families, everything thing. Because if it was, he wouldn't be this whole, I just care about driving. Because keep in mind, you know, after they kill Johnny Tran and then they have a race— and then they crack, which is ridiculous. Like, I'm going to arrest this guy. But let's have a race first. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dominic crashes, and Brian lets him go. Brian Lee. I mean, Dominic leaves. Next time you see him, I guess he's in Mexico or Panama or somewhere. Which I didn't know it had an ending credit. Like, I, I didn't
0: know that till um I saw it uh, the last time I watched it. I just let it keep playing. I was like, wait a minute. This has, like, an end credit scene.
1: And like, that's wow. back when and that's back when post credit scenes weren't common. So this is way before the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it's like I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, it's something after this. It's like he left and he just kept it moving. And then you find out, you don't find out till like, you know, fast the four Fast and Furious movie, like, you know, st- he scooped up Lady somehow and he's rolling with Han and he's rolling with his reggaeton friends and they just, you know, Central and South America that's doing their thing and it kind of like links Tokyo Drift to like the regular Fast and Furious universe and it's like, he just left Mia because I like, you know, I don't want to get here in trouble. But he bounced. No Vince. No Leon. Like, he didn't check to see if or, is Vince okay in the hospital. Like, he just left.
0: Okay, I gotta ask you this. So... Did you ever see uh, Rob Cohen's original cast for the movie? No. Okay, so Rob Cohen's original cast was, and you are gonna know it once the first name. Dominic was gonna be Mario Lopez. Brian was gonna be Michael Mark Paul Gossler. That's I guess mm-hmm. how you say that. And Dustin Diamond was gonna be
1: Jesse. So he just wanted to take the Save by the Bell people yep. and just put them in them. A- Yeah, uh, but there's a reason why Rob Cohen's career is where it's at.
0: (laughs) But uh, the executives pretty much said no. No, we're not going
1: to do that. Yeah, like that's no, that's that's a going to look chintzy. Like you can have one of them. I'm going to take the cast of Saved by the Bell and put them in a racing movie. Then you're going to think it's like a Saved by the Bell special episode.
0: I think that's what he was banking on. I think he was thinking, hey, everybody knows these, you know, characters or uh, actors so maybe i can get all those people who love saved by the bell but i don't think he was thinking like well a lot of these people grew up and that's not what they want to see yeah i think you could have got away with maybe one of them maybe but nah not all not three no that wouldn't work
1: yeah and it's a shows where you wonder who are people making these decisions with movies? Because you think thinking like, that just sounds ridiculous. And some like actually actually think like, oh, you know, that's actually a good idea. I'm a money man. Let's make it work. It's like, yeah, just thinking this just shakes my head. But, you know, a lot of casting what ifs makes me shake my head. But the movie works because of the, you know, because of the time it was different. It's something like, you know, you saw representation. And then, like, you notice when you go see Fast and Furious movies now, it's a – everyone goes see those movies. When they have the dot demographics, it's, like, like almost, like, 30-30-20-20. Like, it's, like, you know, whites, blacks, Asians, and, you know, Latinos. And it's almost, like, equal. And you ne- almost never see that, like, big black – you know, big – blockbuster movies where it's like it's just that mix where it's like everyone goes to see that and it's because you know you get to see yourself on the screen and they don't make a big deal but they just do it and like it works and it's funny when you laugh it's like when you hear stuff like you know black panther makes a lot of money or like black movies or like latin movies make a lot of money. it's like oh i'm amazed people you know you mean you can have a movie without a white star make money and i'm like Fast and Furious been doing it for like over you know close to two decades now. Yeah. Y'all weren't paying. Y'all weren't paying attention. <laughs> like y'all did. Like y'all just missed that movie. It, like oh yeah. Get...
0: It's one of those movies where I feel like it don't. It doesn't get the respect. It gets the money, but I sometimes don't think it gets the respect as far as stuff like that.
1: And you know why? Tell me. It's because people up until well now I think people get more straight, but it's like people didn't take the movie seriously. Like even people like it's like, oh, it's the dumbest movie I've ever seen. I like it so much. Like, no. You it's it's not these aren't stupid movies. They aren't dumb movies. These are just unrealistic, fun movies. It's a difference. People treat this like a Sharknado. Like, no, yeah. they're really doing these stunts. They're really doing these things, doing their research. They're just they're just playing it straight. Like they know what they embrace what they are, is what it is. And people just assume they see that, they think it's dumb. Like you can't call this dumb and then talk about I want a serious movie like Batman because like dressing up in a as a bat and beating up crime is dumb if you want to look at it that way. And it's and that's the whole thing is like even it's almost like for a while people didn't want to admit they liked these movies like they were embarrassed to.
0: Oh man, I feel bad and,
1: for people. Yeah, and it's like you can like what you like. It's like you aren't by yourself. The last two movies made over a billion dollars, so obviously you aren't the only people that like these movies. So you don't need to be this whole, oh, you know, Fast and this this so stupid, I love it. Like, No, just say you love it because it's fun. It's not, you know, Good Burger. It's not Gallagher where <laughs> he hit a damn watermelon with a mallet. It's fun. It's silly. It's not realistic. It doesn't obey the laws of physics or science or health. It's, a lot most action movies don't but they, they're they fun and that's the whole thing like they all have that negative kind of i'm almost embarrassed to like a thing so you ignore like the whole trailblazer thing because it's kind of like not only the stars are diverse almost all the directors have been people of color mm-hmm. like think about it like after beside the first one and Hobbs and shaw coming out Everyone else has been like, you know, you had John Singleton do one. F. Gary Gray did one. James Wan did one. Justin Lin did four of them. Like, yeah, like you got this big billion dollar budget franchise being done by people of color, starring <laughs> it, starring people of color and starring women and women of color. And it's like I said, you know,
0: I thought I had my, you know, thinking, oh, it's just a racing movie. I don't want to see that. No. And, then you know, like I said, until The Rock came, I was just like, no. But once I heard the rumblings and The Rock was going to be in the fifth, I went back and I was just like, oh, OK, this is this is good. This is fun. Not sometimes what it is, it's just a fun movie, uh, because like I got to tell anybody, if you can watch all the uh, comic movies, MCU, DCU, you can watch this. This is this is perfectly fine. Yeah.
1: And it's funny where like The Rock is originally the idea for that role was, would have been Tommy Lee Jones, which would have made a completely different movie. Wow.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, that was the original. That's who they originally wanted, and they asked the Rock because I think somebody like like Vin Diesel like a Facebook chat, something like that, and people was like, "It'd be cool if you and the Rock would be in a movie together." So I guess they made some phone calls, and because I remember the Rock being this, I was like, "The Rock had just came back to wrestling too," and I remember it's like this seemed like this was like a real like the Rock being it was a real big deal because when I went to see Fast Five, the theater was packed. I remember that. And I remember people were excited. I remember when The Rock first showed up, like it was like this vibe there. So, fast, The Rock showing up it was kind of like it went from it elevates the franchise it is now. Because before then, it was like, you know, this franchise, some people like it, some people don't. And, you know, after Tokyo Drift, you didn't know if they were going to keep making them. And then they did Fast and Furious, like the fourth one, the whole thing is like we're bringing the gang back together. And then that movie, Actually, did people tend to forget that movie did very well itself, and that's the and that kind of led to the fifth one and, and leads to where we are now. But no, I'm like I've you should never be embarrassed about stuff you like, and it's f- far worse franchises you can be embarrassed about than the Fast and Furious franchise. I mean, they
0: got a spinoff, and we about to have what nine and ten. So,
1: mm-hmm. so, but it's. Yeah, I hadn't seen the first one in a while. Like the first one's the only one I don't have on Blu-ray. I, still, I have it on DVD. Oh wow! Yeah, like I have all the other ones on Blu-ray. Like I could get the Blu-ray one, but I'm like, it don't really matter that much at like the, this point. I just have it, and it's just like the stakes are so low. Like they're just still like they're just boosted TVs, you know? DVDs, and what V? I don't even know if VCRs, but whatever. And probably like you know CD men, you know, like portable CD players. To like now- somebody
0: from that like, to saving the world. Like,
1: mm-hmm. like, if somebody saw this, man, they would have no idea. Like, you trying to tell me you used to have a CD and you had to carry it with you on this big-ass player? And it was like, back then, it was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm going to about rewind and fast-forward and, like, tapes. I had, a C- I had a portable CD player. I, thought, I was like, this technology is amazing. And now you can have, like, 10,000 songs on your phone.
0: Yeah, if I see anybody with a CD player now, I don't trust them. And I see that a lot. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's different. It's different in here. I was like, man, you, I don't know. I don't trust you guys. You got a CD player. But this is the question I have to ask. And this question came from my wife. Now, do we watch the movies and review the movies as they came out? Or do we watch them as we, you know, as we should view them as the story?
1: Um, I would say as they came out because Tokyo Drift messes up the timeline because this whole dr- Cause, and it's funny like blame Justin Lin for that because he liked Han so much and Han dies like well I'm going to have him in the other movies so they had four five six and 7 all take place after 3 and then you wonder like okay so Did Japan just go back in time, (laughs) technology-wise? Like just doing that kind of throws off a lot of things. But you know the funny thing, doing that does Hans' character makes a lot more sense if you've seen the other movies. Yep. Because when Tokyo Drift comes out, like okay, it's this rich Japanese guy. It's this rich Korean guy that lives in Japan, and he talks about you know like he's like he seems like he's sad. Like you know I don't worry about money. I got plenty of money. Like, it's more like, you know, I'm more about experience and trusting people. And he's got, like, this whole heaviness about him. And you couldn't figure out why, because they never really delve delved into it. But by the time you get to where he got there, it's like, okay, so he used to roll with Dominic. He fell in love with this beautiful, badass woman. She died saving him. So, no wonder he's all miserable, like, half miserable, smoking on a cigarette and just, you know, all the time. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, that's, that's good, because I, I, I was like, you know what? That's a good question,
1: because I'm not sure how we should do it. But I guess it's best to do it as they came out. Yeah, because it's going to be real funny going to Fast Five and you see how characters change. Yes. That's why, because it's like, you know, we can jump into it. Because somehow Ludacris comes from, like, you know, I organize street races and I have a limp, to so I became a computer hacker and I fixed my leg. <laughs> You know, um Tyrese went from like I'm this badass tough guy that's like real mad at my friend to I'm I'm the Joker of the group, I'm cracking jokes. And Gal Gadot changed races. Yeah. Cause I swore watching the Four Fast and Furious, she was not they I thought they just she was just Latin. Like they played her as Latin, even though I knew mean, she wasn't Latin in real life. And now all of a sudden, like, oh, you know, she was an Israeli special forces. And then she just left and started working for drug dealers. <laughs> like, um,
0: yeah, the, the uh, just it just seems like everybody involved in this movie, if they are around now, are not what they originally were. And it's good because it's like okay, it's it's just I don't know. It just it just makes the movie good.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot of skills that are picked up and that they don't explain like you know, um, Dominic just race cars. How's he? How's he going toe to toe with like Luke Evans in a fight? Luke Evans like a trained, you know, British special forces soldier. I, I'm just. Waiting. I can see. I yeah. I can see like you know Brian fighting like Tony Jock's character. While like you know Brian was first a cop, then he was in the FBI. So you figure like you know he has training. Um, you guess Letty got some training somewhere when she you know was when she almost when she died and then came back to life. But I'm like Dominic, like beating up people he had no business beating up. Not even like you know, it's Vin or the like. Come on, Fast Five. When Dominic Toretto's fighting Luke Hobbs, Luke Hobbs should have murdered him.
0: That's what I always like, thought.
1: It ain't no way in the world the Rock isn't killing him in six. Especially when they show how badass the Rock is beginning to move when he kills like four people in six seconds. But you did. That
0: was just that was just egos and uh, <laughs> real life egos there. That's what mm-hmm. I'll say.
1: I can't I can't lose a fight. I got to put that in my contract. It's like, it ain't no way down is beating Luke House in no fight. And like, I could have killed you with this wrench if I wanted to, but I wanted to be nice. Like, give me a damn. Like, I saw that and I just rolled my eyes. I'm like, okay, somebody has creative control. But that's we'll get to that when we get to that
0: movie. Yeah. Um, the movies that came out uh, around that time were uh, Dr. Doolittle 2 and American Rhapsody. And needless to say, I believe Fast and Furious 1 that week maybe Dr. Doolittle too did no I think it was Fast and Furious but other than that that was chapter 1 Uh, we will be doing uh this all the way until Hobbs and Shaw is released and you know just to go on Hobbs it's amazing how like you said a movie about boosting electronics has become to this to a spin off to now two people who don't like each other working together for the greater good
1: yeah. And it, and that basically started because The Rock and Jason Statham had such chemistry together. It's like, oh, we need to put them in a movie together because you watch them in Furious 8 or like Fate of the Furious. And it's like, yeah, these two got something. And it was like real. it wasn't it was like real natural. And a lot of times that stuff like that's forced it's like, oh, they should be in a movie. Like I remember watching that thinking they got along real well. A lot better than you, I kind of thought they would. And it's like, you know, so when they announced the spinoff, I wasn't surprised. And I've been seeing commercials for this movie since, what, February? And it doesn't come out till August. And I go to movies a lot, so I've been seeing previews for this movie almost like three times a month. And yeah, a movie with Jason Statham and The rock fight in Idris Elba with Roman Reigns playing The Rock's brother just check boxing all just check the boxing all the things we like and i won't even talk about like people who are supposed to be making cameos or like who else got hired because we'll we'll save that because i'm like yeah what a what a time to be alive yeah because i just i just read
0: some as we talking right now and i'm just like oh wow but i'll just leave it as is uh so join us next week where we will be going into too fast too furious
1: and this is my, my man carter my man carter Verone. <laughs> this is one of my uh i think least favorite ones
0: i like it but i really don't like it like i like yeah. all the rest of them but yeah two and three are like my least favorite we shall see i just can't wait till we get to tokyo drift because i have a love hate i think i love it more than i hate it but i just it's certain things
1: <laughs> about the movie i like Oh, my. You one of those. I'm usually a hipster. <laughs> Hipsters always say Tokyo Drip is their favorite one. That's how I can tell the, the type of Fast and Furious fans that I don't like. Wait, wait a minute. Say-
0: I didn't say it was my favorite. I say I have a love, hate, and I love it more than I hate it. Now, my favorite one is probably eight,
1: maybe. Five and seven are my favorites.
0: I think it's eight.
1: Uh eight and five. Eight and five, I think I like. Yeah, I, I think I watch them the most. I say five. For me, I can already put my rank in. It's five, five and seven, like one and one A. Six, eight, one, four, two, and three. So okay. Yeah. Like eight, my main thing is like it's just I think the beef between a rock and Vin Diesel affects the movie because it's just like real mean. Like it's more serious. Like it gives a serious vibe that Fast and Furious shouldn't have. Like I, I just felt like it's just, it was just mean. Like it was like this mean edge to it. And then you realize like Vin Diesel and Rock are barely on the screen together. Yeah, yeah. And it's real noticeable. Like because I remember we, you know, we can wrap up after this. I remember when they talk about how they didn't get along and all that stuff where you know Rock didn't like, um, I guess Vin Diesel and then Tyrese and oh boy. And- Ludacris was getting into it and everything like that and they were how they were filming together people was like oh it's just you know to add stuff to the movie so you want to show attention and then you watch the movie and they barely on the screen together like at all and like through the whole thing you watch like it's just something just it just felt like the vibe felt off it felt more serious than like the movie always had stakes but it felt like more serious than it needed to be and like not not in a pleasant way
0: you know, the more and more I think about the whole Tyrese thing, I'm thinking, you know, if he would have just – just be quiet. Because really, I tell anybody, I think him and Ludacris could have had their own spinoff. But I understand, oh, you want to keep it as a family. I get him feeling that way, but, you know, it the can't Ross- last forever.
1: Say, what the Ross do? say? No.
0: I mean, come on, you throwing money at me to do a spinoff that's going to help this friend? Nah, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, like we'll save that. Yeah, it, whatever. Uh, so, uh, this is uh, Jeff. Uh, you can catch me at uh, Jeff versus the World on Twitter, uh, Jeff versus the World uh, Facebook page. And if you have any questions or comments, you can hit me at Jeff versus the World at yahoo.com. Uh, Shaheed, I don't know if you want to give him your Twitter or not. Not yet. You, got, you guys got to earn my Twitter. Oh, He'll bully, so it don't really matter. <laughs> anyway, this is Jeff versus the World. And this is Fast and Furious number one. Join us next week as we do Too Fast, Too Furious. Peace. Peace out.